Okay. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> I think I'm set up here. Get ready. Um, amen. That was cute. The Christmas program. Um, the outfits. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, thank you for doing that, Pam. That's so important that we just follow the Spirit, just do what we feel to do, we do, and that worked out between Pam and Kurt to have her, that she would share this morning. So the, the declarations we make are some of the most important things that we do. We can... Uh, you can spend all week worrying about things, and that doesn't help anything. You can, it's almost like, I've noticed this, there's this sense that we, it's almost like an occupation if you're heavy-hearted, if there's a, if you're really worried about things, like, oh, wow, you're doing a good job. Uh, have you ever caught yourself, like, in that, like, it's just like, if you really cared, you'd be upset. Maybe that would be a better way to put it, and so see things around you and, and uh, uh, your own life and things in the world, and it's real easy to fall into, I should be responding in a certain way, and not necessarily. The kingdom is always upside down, right? And so in the midst of the trouble, uh, the counter is the praise and the stepping forward. In the midst of absence, the declaration becomes the thing that changes the situation from lack to abundance. And the steps of obedience, I always shared with, I mentioned to Phyllis this week, I just remember I just had this like, there's so, when you really get down to it, there's so little the Lord actually is wanting from us. And the first is that we would just receive, that we would believe that he, and, and be in a position where we just receive all that he has for us. And then that linked with being grateful for what he has done. That, that's huge. Like, that's so, so much of that, and, and believing. But in order to receive, you have to believe and to receive his words, to receive his provision, to receive his gifts, and just be good at that. When I give something, I want that person, what I want from them is to receive it joyfully because I thought through this gift and I want to give it joyfully. And I just want to bless. I want to see them blessed. That's my reward. I want to, I want to see. It's like it come, if when it comes out of a heart, this is God. Out of his heart to provide all that he has. There's n what he wants most is that we go, yes. I see it, I get it, I receive it, I believe it, like just to, to receive from him. That's, it's so big. So um, I shared last week out of John 1 and meditating on, on in, the, in the very beginning was the uh, living expression, which is the, the term for the wording for the word that we're, that we're used to in our uh, other Bibles, and the Passion Translation uh, uses this, and it's so wonderful to see uh, the language that 
that just makes it come alive that Jesus is the living expression. He is the fullness of God. Like he, in bodily form, Jesus is that. And our meditation on him changes us. It resets us. And Maria, I, refer, I mentioned you last week, like we need our worldview to be set right. If it's not set right in how we perceive things, it will interfere with the gospel. It will interfere with the truth that comes. It will interfere with, with what the Lord asks us to do or to believe or, or to follow him. When your worldview is off and not based on him. So when you start in John 1, for example, many places to look at, you see this, uh, some worldview getting transformed and changed. And, you, and, and it's like of all the philosophy that's in our world right now and the cultural things that it's easy to get caught up in. And sometimes we're just like, well, I don't want to be adamant about things. It might offend somebody. It might be against their beliefs. When you, when you come to this is the truth and that Jesus is the light and the life, that his life brings light, then you, your, your view changes and you, you go, people need Jesus. Not because I'm trying to be preachy, but they really need Jesus. Jesus is what brings life and light into a person. The absence of Jesus and any mixture or when that gets off, it, it affects things in a, in a bad way. So the only way for us to stay aligned and tuned is come back to the word and meditate on it and eat it and drink it and, and breathe it and keep, I refer to my guitar, as good of a guitar as it is, it, I constantly need to, to tune it because the temperature affects it, all, all, all humidity affects a lot of things affect it. Like so, it it's not that it's broke; it just needs tuned. It's designed so that I can constantly tune it, bring it up, and then play. And we need constantly tuned, or a better another term or illustration would be: we need aligned constantly. We need aligned. We have automobiles are a part of our life. How will we have heaven without automobiles? I'm not sure yet. We'll get up there and go, where's my car? I mean, isn't that funny? I mean, it's like I am being ridiculous in one way. However, it becomes a big part of your life, doesn't it? Like that car is important. That's how I get places. It constantly needs aligned and fixed, into right? Not because it's a bad car, but because it needs, the life puts it out of line, alignment. These roads put it out of alignment, the potholes that come from freezing and, and thawing, they, what, they put it out of alignment, and so it needs aligned, and then it drives well again. And the word is that. If, even when you think, oh, I know all that, there's no, not, first of all, there's no depth. There's no end to the depth. Like, there's not, a, there's not a bottom. There's not a height to how deep you can go or how high you can go in understanding a revelation. We will continue in heaven. I know this is a news flash. We'll continue when we go to heaven, continue to learn and get revelation. We will be for eternity understanding and realizing the height, the width, the depth, the breadth of our Savior and what he did for us, how we were made. I've been meditating on that. We were created in his image and the angels can if they're if they're 
they get off, they can be, they have a problem with that. We're wanting to get off the planet and get to heaven, and they're wanting to get, you know, into heaven and on the earth. Like, what do they know that we don't know? What is this? Like, we, we begin, life is hard, and we're like, God, get me out of here. Check, please. This is difficult. I'm getting persecuted. I'm rejected. I'm having a hard time. Things aren't going well. Angels are continually trying to inhabit our bodies, demons, etc. Well, just stop and ask yourself, why would they want that if we're trying to become spiritual beings and they're trying to become, inhabit the flesh? Like, understand when the angels watch the living expression create us, they went, oh my gosh. They look like God. They have his image. We take all this for granted. We're made in his image. We're made in his likeness. And when those words aren't, they're not small. They're not of little consequence. That's a big consequence. And your destiny is to grow into the fullness of that image and have experienced that fullness that was in the living expression in Christ, that you would be filled with that fullness. That that light would come into your darkness and change you. That that light and life would transform you and renew you. And so, from we can start in John 1.16... If you would like to turn there with me. Again, out of the Passion Translation. And now, out of his fullness, we are filled. That's just something to meditate on for a while. Out of his fullness, we are filled. The question of whether we should be, can be filled or not, is not even on the table here. It's a given. It's just, you should be filled. You should be filled with his fullness. That's your destiny. That's your promise. That's, that's what you're to look like. That's what's to be in you. And there's a purpose for that. That's not just so you feel good. There's a reason for that. And now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. And from him, we receive grace heaped upon more grace. And so our pursuit is, this, is your, this should be your language. This is the language to use if you want to move into this and get out of the emptiness and the broken, get beyond that and get filled and be filled and come into his fullness is grace upon grace. It's by grace. It's only by grace that you can do this. You can't earn it, can't work for it, can't pray harder, can't you know build things, make things to get, to get that. Those things need to be aftermath, good works, building, creating, all of that is an aftermath of being filled by what? His grace. So I went to John, Romans 8, if you want to go there with me, and I'll continue. It begins with this great verse in verse 1, there is now, therefore now, no condemnation. 
And the Passion Translation says, there remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. So join, being joined with Jesus, life union, that's, that's your inheritance. That's what, what do we, when we have marriages, when we're in our marriages, what, what is it you desire? What's the most ba basic thing you desire with this person you're married to? to? This is a, a unique relationship, and your desire should be that there's true union between the two of you. When you attain true union and fellowship, you become this awesome, we call a couple, but it's not always that easy to attain, is it? Like it takes me changing and doing some things and looking at some stuff, and it takes time. It takes, it takes a process. You, you start out with this romantic love attraction, which is necessary for us to get there. We never would, right? We need attraction. That, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Put in the right place and in the right boundaries. We're attracted. We come in. And then, then the union needs to begin to be made in that coming together where, where we're, we're at one. And, and the same is with the Lord Jesus in our lives. That we grow into this life union with him. And in that, we, begin, we come to be transformed because grace is flowing through us. We start looking at life and we start dealing with things in a different way because of what? Because of the life union, not because of a set of rules, not because we're trying to act like somebody else, not because we have a, a list of do's and don'ts. We wake up every morning and go, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. It's got to be more than that. It's, it's relationship. It's a living union that he wants for us. And and he, he began, goes on talking, the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. And so we see this, our, our freedom from everything bad comes from being in him, being in union with him. So I'm going to pick up today in verse, um, um, also I wanted to refer to Ephesians. Let me do that before I go on. Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 22 and 23 just to give a few more places where this subject comes up. And in verse 22 of chapter 1 of Ephesians, and he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. So it's important to see here for a moment that the church is the context of this. Big church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above, above all others. He is the head of the church, those that believe. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. We are the body of Christ on the earth. So this isn't about being self-centered and selfish and just wanting God's presence for yourself. This filling is what causes us to be the expression, that living expression on this earth. It's important we grow into that. The absence of that 
has left the world in, in more darkness than it should be in. If the light and the life, the life that becomes light that's in Jesus is in us, there should be a real, this isn't just stuff for heaven. That's how I started out in Christianity. You got to these, these concepts and, and these scriptures and these rebel. It's like, that's for then. That's for later. But actually this emanation, this life-changing, we, we are his expression on the earth. When you come into a into relationships, when you come into buildings, when you come into places, when you come into situations, there's to be a change. We're we're the expression of his body in that place now. It's been lacking, huh? But we need to align ourselves. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to look like. Stop. See, again, your worldview, like you, we start to, if we don't stay in the word, we start to develop this alter existence in Christianity. And it's a coping thing. It's, a, it's, it's less than. It's a tolerance. We learn to tolerate. We learn to compromise. That, that's that political spirit that's in the church. A lot of compromise, not knowing how to speak the truth and love, but stand in truth, stand in light, walk in light. So that's in 22 and 23, and verse 1 of the next chapter, chapter 2-1, in my Passion Translation, it doesn't read like this in the other translations, and his fullness fills you. just starts out with his fullness fills you. He's everything in you. His fullness fills you. That's the norm. That's to be the norm. So back to Romans 8. You've come to church today for a front-end alignment. There, there you go. We're going to put you up on a jack and tweak things and get it lined up again. Yeah? That's what the Word does to us. Now Christ, in verse 10... Christ lives his life in you. See, see how this develops? We are, his body, we are the body of Christ in the earth. He, because why? Because he's living his life in you. He's living his life. This is the word. This is the truth. Don't run this through the filter of your experience. Run it through the filter of this is his word, this is the truth. Whether I feel like this or not, whether there's nothing in me that looks like this or not, go back to the basics. Do you believe? If you do, let Christ live in you, work in you. If you're saying yes to him and no to Satan, let it, let it have its work. Let it transform you. Let the word be true. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. Let our assumptions and our, our, our ways we go about explaining things and coping with things, let that fall off. And let's, I mean, it's just, I've been going after this. It's amazing how much less I have to say about things. And I came from, at a young age, being very opinionated, and I was proud of it. 
And as I grow older and wiser, I'm much, much, much less opinionated. And I'm much more careful. And I'm not there yet, but wow, I know I'm on the right track. What a peace it brings when I just don't engage with my opinions. When I don't get, you know, a lot of our emotions, like the negative ones and the, the, the anxiety and the anger and the frustration, it comes from not paying attention to what the truth is, like conflicts that are, if you track this down, you go, oh, why am I in conflict? Why am I in turmoil? It's because I'm, I'm looking through a, a bad lens at the situation. I think I've got to save them. I think I've got to rescue the situation. I think I've got to stop that person from going this way because, the da -da 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 -da, you know, and we're justified in it because I want to save the world. I want to help things. I want to make it better. You're not making it better. It, this is... This is this place like we should, this is elementary, but I don't think we're that good at it yet. Where we really let the truth and the light come and trust the Lord to work in situations. Um, wow, I just, and oh Lord, you should have to speak up here. Anything I say, I get tested on. I hardly get out the door and bam. I mean, I, I'll, I'll share this because I'm trying to walk in health and well-being and all those things. I shared last week that I'm doing so much better with my lungs and this and that. And, it's, and I, have, I really have been. It's like, wow, I worked in the rain the other day in 40 degree. That usually crushes me. Like, I can't handle that. And for five years or six, and I'm like, I'm good. I, don't, I still don't like working in the cold rain, but anyways. Like, but I was okay. I could, yeah, it was all right. It's good. I, Adam and I went to Canton right after church, and I'm in the truck driving to Canton, North Canton, wherever we went, and it was like I immediately start feeling something in my, you know, my throat and whatever. And Phyllis, of course, she's home sick. And I did something I don't normally do because the symptoms I had right after I was here, didn't have it here, but I leave. It's the moment I go, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to have a cold, which I chronically have had sinus things and cold things, especially my younger life. And I'm much healthier now, I think, than I was, you know, ever. Just well-being, you know, that kind of thing. And I made a decision, what? No. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to yield to it. Now, I listen to people talk about this, and I'm like, wow. Like, I don't know if I could do that. And if I did try to do it, it would be like I'd, you crash and burn, that kind of thing. I just kept my mouth shut. I just didn't acknowledge it. Kept going, kept taking my vitamins, my minerals, my this and my that, you know. like, And I pressed through a little bit of symptoms because I know my body's dealing with stuff, but I'm not down. I haven't lost my voice, like just moving forward. Because I'm walking in something like staying in this place of believing what the Lord's saying and believing for well-being and health. And it's not a matter of condemnation. It's like there's this change of how you respond. I had another situation going on over the last couple weeks, I, and I was waiting for something to get fixed by a service center. I'll just keep it real 
real general. And I'm calling because I need this thing fixed, and I'm calling, and I'm like, hey, did you get it? Oh, yeah, we just got, you know, after a period of time, got the part, part in. It wasn't Hubner's. Got the part in, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great, great, great. You know, call me when you get it. Get it. A week goes by. I call again. No, haven't gotten to it yet. Another week goes by. I'm really needing this part. I'm needing this thing fixed. And um, I start, at certain point, I start to get angry. Have you ever gotten angry, frustrated, because someone's not getting something done? I'm like, don't, don't go there. Now I'm ready to make, I finally go, I'm not calling anymore, because it was like, I called two or three times. I'm just going to let it go. But I catch myself getting anxious about it, you know? That phone call you make where you're like, hey, you know, that, that one? And, and here was my process. I went, I'm acting like a person that doesn't have a savior. And the action was just in my, it was this, just this and going on in my head. I'm acting like a person that doesn't have a helper. I'm acting like a person that doesn't have someone that can make things happen. Because I don't know what's going on there. They may be sick. They may be, it does, you don't know. You know. There are things that happen when you go, hey, what took you so long? Well, the prince of Persia withstood me, you know, like, oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big demon. Got it. Yeah. Big spirit. Sorry, I was upset. You know, I was waiting for that answer. And I, you know, I get it now. Yeah. When we, when we go there, I mean, it begins in these little normal things in our life. This is what becomes spiritual. Yeah? Don't worry about spiritual things till you get this, till you find Jesus in your everyday life and find overcome, ways to overcome. And I just went, again, I don't normally function this way. It's not that I never have, but it's not my normal. And I just started praying, like I'd, I'd think about it. I'm like, Jesus, I, you know I, I need this. I want this. Like, you can move things. You can get it done. Because I knew fixing it wasn't going to take long. So you can, you can just make it happen. And when I would think about it, I just prayed that prayer. Like, and when you have something you're waiting on, you're so, something that, ha- I mean, actually, life is full of those things, isn't it? Because it just doesn't go that perfect. And so we're like, we get discouraged with that. It's like, just overcome, appeal to heaven because that's where the real power is. That's, the real, that's where the real hands are that can move things. Praying for someone's soul and trying to figure out how you can lead them to the Lord. Stop it. You're not as important as you think. You're not as invaluable as you think. You're not the only person on the planet that God can use to get to that person that you're your, your desire and burden is real. It's granted. We'd all agree with it. Oh, yeah. But pray for the Lord to send the person that they will listen to. Pray that the Lord will send a person that, I mean, there's all, I, I've got a hundred examples of that right now in this life we're living in. All the Chaos, the craziness in our world, and our government, and, and all of this thing, in the medical community. I mean, if you let it take you down a hole, you may never resurface. You really got to guard your heart about this. 
how to stay in a place where, where you're in a good place. And, and when you forget that God is the one that's in control, can do things and make things and change things, then you, you think you're the one. You've got to be frustrated. You've got to be angry. You've got to tell somebody. You're looking for opportunity to tell them. It's like, but that doesn't, if they're not listening to you, it doesn't. But the Lord in a moment can change all kinds of people that you're like, no way. Yep, yep. How did you come to know Jesus? Well, this person, not you, shared with me, spoke to me. Like, well, I've tried to speak to you. Yeah, but you weren't the right person. I couldn't listen to you. God wants to work. This is all about believing in what's in us. Believing that there's no barrier between me and my father so I can make quick appeals. I I can make quick requests and trust the Lord that in his timing and his way, he will answer. He will move. Verse 11, yes, God raised Jesus to life. And I know I shared this verse. God's spirit of, since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you. Those are powerful words. When when you're acting in this fleshly way, which this is a lot what this chapter is about, like we want to be free from living in the flesh. Spiritually, spiritual, spiritually mature people walk in the spirit. They don't walk in the flesh. And as you notice, the flesh doesn't work that well. It has pushes you towards an expression that doesn't have very much fruit. Matter of fact, it's rotten fruit. You'll get results, but they'll stink. But if you get in that walk in the spirit, Robin Bullock, again, he's been so on fire on the Elijah streams. And uh, this week on Monday, he went into this, this thing and he starts talking about uh, the fruit of the Spirit, like he gave revelation about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm sitting, I'm going, wow, Phyllis and I are listening. I know Kenny listened, different people. Like, I've not heard a teaching like this before. And he's actually describing be in the Spirit or you can be in the flesh. And if you respond to the needs out of the flesh, it's not good. And in order to break these things that you're rebuking over and over and over, you've got to get in the spirit. And he actually just gives gives some real good practical ways. Get in the spirit and address that and you'll see a change. But you stay in your flesh even if you're praying. You know, y'all know you can pray in the flesh, don't you? And not accomplish. Prayer can be very fleshly. Like, no, it's always spiritual. No, it can be very fleshly. Maybe we should just stop and talk about that. Like, not all prayers are spiritual. There's a way you pray in the flesh. Then there's another way you pray in the spirit. You want to get in the spirit. And Robin, it was just, he just said this. He just said it. It was like this simple truth we know, but he said it. I'm like, wow, wow, that's good. Wow. That's good. Pull up here. Start praying in the spirit. 
And out of praying in the Spirit and getting in the Spirit, you, you ask the Lord and you give it to him. You give it to heaven. Now you've broken princes and principalities. You've, now you've broken things. Now you've torn down strongholds. The Spirit, God's Spirit of resurrection lives in you. He will also raise your dying body to life by the same Spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. There's something to stand on. The flesh has no, it has no obligation. You have no, you have no further obligation to the flesh. Well, my mom and dad always acted like this. You, the flesh has no, you have no obligation to the flesh. You can be different. The more you dislike people in your family, the more you'll act like them. I know, bad news. Like, uh, yeah, my, my father always did that. I'll never do that. Guess what? The, the moment it starts hitting, you'll go, oh, my God. I just acted like my father, the parts that I didn't like. I just acted like my mother. Like, this is why it's important to get in the spirit. Judging, being angry and unforgiving towards things that were negative doesn't help you. It's a great occupation to get into. You can be very busy with it. It satisfies the flesh. It accomplished nothing, nothing in the spirit. Verse 12. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims. Going on. Verse 13. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you're about to die. Yeah, I felt that. But if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. Now, I just know you've all tasted the abundant life. I taste, then I untaste. Then I get into something, and something new comes, and I'm, yeah. But I know what it tastes like. I'm like, wow, how did I get here? I need to get back there. Where is there? There is that place where you're peaceful before God, and you're tasting of spiritual things. You're dealing with, with spiritual things with, in a spiritual way. You're praying. You're compl- committing things to the Lord, And once you truly give it to him, you can go, oh, there. I can rest because I know I I gave it into his hands. If you have to do that 25 times a day, it's okay. That's the right thing to do. Lord, I commit this to your hands. You feel good for a few minutes, then your thoughts start, and you start getting angry and upset again and anxious and unforgiving and all that stuff. Run it through again. Run it through again. Lord, I, I forgive, I release, I bless. I, you know, just, you'll know the things to do. Everything that doesn't look like Jesus, get that fixed. <laughs> Repent from that. Look like him, act like him. In verse 14, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being Good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. See, a lot of that bad feeling is an orphan spirit. Uh, Jack Frost, years ago, talked about an orphan spirit. You're either either a son or an orphan. Again, revelation. I mean, I had a lot of orphan tendencies. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. But until someone came and taught about it, I didn't get it. 
An orphan doesn't have a father, so he has to fight for things. He has to be jealous for things. He has to be envious about things because he doesn't have rightful ownership to anything, so he has to steal everything. That's an orphan. If he wants a pair of shoes, he doesn't have a father that provides, so he has to steal him a pair of shoes. If he doesn't have a position or, or have a, a place of, of being honored, then he's got to scavenge it off of somebody else. But a son lives in this peace that at the right time, my father will honor me, will take care of me, will put me in a place, will provide for me. That orphan spirit, pay attention to it. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. We have to hear that. It's one of the biggest battles, especially if you've been a believer for a while. You're like, oh, geez, I had a chance, but I, I've, I'm, I'm too full of stuff. I'm too this, I'm too that, never going to make it. And you get disheartened. And you're believing, all, you're, you have beliefs, you have faith. But, but again, your spirit needs aligned so you can believe the truth because you've gotten out of alignment and you're starting to believe how you feel or what someone else is saying or what you perceive someone else is saying. This is like a, one of our worst enemies is just believing what we think people feel about us. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? Well, well, well I, I'm a loser because they said so. I failed because they said so. And Jesus, he would, if, you know, he'd be like, I didn't say that. You didn't? It's amazing the thoughts that you have that have just kind of become part of you. <laughs> How would that happen? They're familiar. And you're like, well, it's got to be the truth. It's like in my, you know, spiritual awareness. Let Jesus come and bring light to all that. There's more light to get. We need more light. We need more life. More light. More life. We need more of Jesus. We need more revelation. More, more baptisms of his spirit. Can't get enough. It keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. The Holy Spirit makes God's father, fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child, and since we are his true children, we, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, there it is, the union again, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. And then one more verse, which opens up the whole another part of the, of the chapter. I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less, than, is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. So the glory is so good. 
know, we're talk we're seeing we're seeing a lot of we're seeing more people die than we have for a while. Yeah, deaths, strange deaths, things from things from stuff. And uh, Phyllis referred to Marcus. What was his last name? Lamb. Because I, I didn't know him at all. I knew the network, but I didn't know him. Um, and different believers that get close to death, you want to be impressed with something, is a person that has gotten close and seen the glory, experienced a little bit of this glory, and that they come back. Because the Lord said, you can stay. This is often comes. You can stay or you can go back. I, I still could use you there. Like there's still things to do. But you can go. It's very difficult when you begin to see reading and listening to people talk about this. When they encounter that glory. It is so over the top amazing that it makes all pain, suffering disappear. It's like, it's not, it's, it makes it like nothing. When you're in suffering and pain, there is nothing else going on in the whole planet, right? Like, let one of us men get sick with a cold or flu. We're like, I'm dying. You know, we're ridiculous. We can go conquer all kinds of things, but if we get a little bit sick, then we're like, yeah, we're babies. It's hard to see people suffer, but there's a connection between this suffering. If you fellowship with Christ in it, it's, it makes it so different. It takes the sting out of it, and it's not a place to stay, but it has this transforming ability. It connects you with Jesus, and the glory that's coming, he's like, when that comes, you're going to forget about this moment. It's transcending. We need to talk more about glory, about heaven. When Paul said, for me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Do you realize how powerful that makes you? Who's the most powerful person on the planet? The person who doesn't fear death anymore. That's the worst enemy you can ever have if you're in a fight. The person who's not afraid to die. Now they're fearless in what they do and how they function. That transforms a person. I invite you to become fearless. I invite you to embrace for me to live as Christ, but to die is gain. To be with him is bam. If someone else dies, if they're with the Lord, there's a, it's okay. The enemy didn't win. Not an ultimate thing, just a momentary thing. But we've, we're Christians. We need to put our hope in that eternal life like never before and keep our hearts in a place we're ready to meet him, to be with him, to walk with him. The guarantees, we've lived, in a, we've lived in a security, especially us culturally. 
like, oh, no, it never, it never come to my house. It never come here. It never come. It's like, ah, it's here. And we're having to adjust. Having, like, oh, we can't trust in the things we trusted in before. They've come to be part of the problem. Wow. Our hope was tied up in a lot of things. The government wouldn't let that happen to you. This is quite a shaking we're going through. It's quite a rear, but the Lord's like, you know, you needed to, you needed to be shaken a little. And the prophets have been, there are different ones that have talked about a shaking coming, but it's like it's a good one. We need to get realigned with the word in every way. Read, meditate on the word so you get aligned. We're getting off. The, word, the lazier and more distance we get from doing this, the more out of line we get. And when you encounter a person that's gotten truly disconnected with Jesus and with church, well, it happens easy and you don't want to go there. And this is the safeguard. Stay in him, to walk with him, and to stay in his word. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for the season and this time. Thank you for our relationships, all your provision. You are good. Father, today we pray for all those suffering, the children in the world that are suffering atrocious things, the people that are suffering atrocious things in other countries and our country, injustices. Grace on this earth. Grace, grace, grace. And in these days, let us rise up to be all that you want us to be, to have life and light dwelling within us because we're your body and we're tired of being mediocre and less than totally on fire and zealous for you and your ways. Keep us safe. I ask that I just declare health over our body, over our people, well-being, that they will prosper even as their soul prospers. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hope to see you Christmas Eve.